guys, welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. If you are currently listening on Spotify, then you can follow and like and download. If you're listening on iTunes, then you can follow and like and download and review and leave five stars, of course. hey And if you're listening yes. on SoundCloud, you can follow and comment and like and... Oh, I said comment. That's what I meant. You can't review on there, but you can comment. <laughs> Make sure you keep up with us on social media by following us at Songwriting Saves the World on Instagram. And on Facebook, where you can get your mom, dad, cousin, uncle, brother, the whole family yep. to like it. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Song Saves World. You can tweet at us, have a little chat. It's a fun time. Super fun. And if you really, really like our show, I really like then us. you can support us on Patreon at Songwriting Saves the World for $4 a month. You get to be a member, you get extra content from the guests, and you get a Songwriting Saves the World laptop sticker merch. Woo! They're so cute. So yeah, let's jump into the episode. I keep saying that. Every week I could be like, let's jump into the episode. Let's jump in. Let's get into the episode with David Alexander. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. Today we have David Alexander, who is a singer-songwriter from Colorado, right? You're from Colorado? Exactly, Denver. Correct. And he recently released his first single, If I Were You, which is a bop. And thanks for coming <laughs> on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So we have Fun. a little icebreaker, like, introductory game. And it's called mm -hmm. Right Tour Tank. And it's basically the musical version of F. Mary Kill. So you can write with an artist, tour mm -hmm. with an artist, and then one you have to dump in a water tank. Ooh. You gotta go. So your three options are the band Camino, Louis mm. Capaldi, and Julia Michaels. Okay, I'm going to write with Julia Michaels because she's my hero in every single way. And I love That's her. That's fair. Snaps. Uh, oh. Okay, here's my thing about Louis Capaldi. I love him. Like, his music is really good. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I th uh, something about him, man, is very, like, dunkable. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think, I think he's oh going to be... Oh, my uh, God. I haven't heard that one yet. Going to be dumped. But, and, and the band Camino is, like, my all-time favorite artist, favorite band. I love them. Okay, so I think, well I think I, I'd tour with them. Don't you think that'd be fun? I feel like they'd be a fun band to tour with. Yeah, I like, I like the, the decisiveness of that. Oh, it's very yeah. quick. Is that yeah, not how it normally goes? Really I, feel like, I feel like that's like Usually, a people either try to find a loophole or they're yeah. like, this is so mean. And then they feel, a, they feel really bad and they try to look for other ways. But I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to write with Julia Michael? Like, tell me that's not the, the obvious decision. I mean, you're right. I guess it is. I mean, it's the obvious decision for me, but we don't know. Never know someone else's brain. Can you start with like a background of your musical journey and how you got to where you are now? Like your story. Yeah. Where did it all begin? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you like the, the spark notes version. Um, okay. <laughs> Love it. I, I grew up playing classical piano. Oh, cool. My mom threw like all my siblings into like these crazy classical piano lessons when we were, I don't know, like five and six years old. Mm -hmm. And so we were playing like like uh like Haydn's concerto in C and like <laughs> practicing six hours a day these classical songs that, that I just hated um right. like I loved performing on stage which we got to do a lot but I hated like practicing mm -hmm. I think it was just because I didn't like the music we were learning um and so after like I don't know maybe eight years of doing that I like finally convinced my mom to let me take jazz piano because I, I was like I didn't know mm. it but I was pulling her over to pop slowly mm -hmm. yeah yeah and jazz was like the stepping stone to get there and so I did jazz piano for like a year and was like, yeah, this isn't quite it either. Mm -hmm. um, and then like three or four years ago, I think for Christmas, I asked for a guitar and they got me this like classic. I don't, I don't know if it was like a, 
I think it was like a hand-me-down guitar, but I mean, it's, it did not sound good, but it, but it was a, it was a guitar <laughs> nonetheless. And so um, I picked that up and immediately just like fell in love. I was like, this is exactly what I want because I can, mm-hmm. not only can I, can I play more contemporary stuff, but I can also like sing along with it. And I l- felt like I looked kind of cool <laughs> holding a guitar. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. Which I know is the most important this part of everything. My <laughs> exactly. That's so funny because I kind of get that. I played piano as a kid too. And I would just like, I didn't do any like formal transition from classical to jazz, but I just like wouldn't like my teacher would give me like a cup like a range of pieces and I would just like not mm-hmm. play the ones that were classical. And I yeah. <laughs> and so the transition no, totally happened slowly. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I just I'm, I'm always trying to pull my mom. I was like, Tchaikovsky's great, but like you heard of Ed Sheeran? Like he's got yeah, some cool stuff. Um So when did you start writing? Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. I so I went to we we all met it at NYU, of course. Correct. Um, and that's like like I had written a few songs before going there, and I was like, oh, this is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, but I was really bad at like finishing them. Like I would write like a hook, and then I'd be like, okay, uh-huh. that's pretty good. Never it gonna goes. touch that again. <laughs> exactly. And I went to NYU, and they they made us like finish songs in a day, and they I was sure like, sure did. <laughs> it's like yo, that's kind of that's kind of tight. Like that's kind of cool. And so I, um. I start when I got back. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It feels good. It's like free therapy, and I don't know. It just it, it felt it felt right. Mm-hmm. And so I I sat down and like actually started just like like throwing up songs. Um, and then in in last fall, last yeah, like like around this time last year, I went to this like songwriting expo in Durango, mm-hmm. which if any if there are any songwriters that listen to this, I yeah, I have no idea where that is. Durango. It's, it's it's called Durango Songwriting Club, but it was in Colorado that year. Okay, okay. But I met, I, I had one song, a demo that I took there, um, and it was like terribly done because I didn't know how to make demos at the time, but the song was, mm-hmm. I thought was good. And I played it, and a guy from, um, that does like PR and AR at, at Hollywood Records was like, yo, this is kind of cool. Oh, cool. Um, and so he picked me up and has been helping me, putting me in writing sessions with people and and getting me to actually like, write and make demos that are able to go and so right right in the last like four months we've been like okay let's start putting stuff out doing it so that's where that's where we are now and that's today wow that's cool (laughs) yeah so we talk a lot about songwriters toolbox on this podcast which is essentially just things that you kind of pick up from other people or things that you do to kind of set a good writing session or things that you do in writing Mm -hmm. sessions so, for example, one that Sasha mentions a lot is having a voice memo on during yeah. the session. So if someone says something that, you know, you can go back and listen Without to it. Memory. So what are a couple of things that are in your songwriting toolbox? Mm-hmm. That's so funny you say that, Sasha, or both of you, because I am the worst at making a voice memo and I always regret <laughs> it. It's so, be like, so necessary because I just I will that up not from Sasha. remember. Well, that was the first co-write yeah. I ever did. The there was this girl I was writing with. I was like, we have to do that because you're going to forget. And I was like, all along, yeah, I genius. had no idea. Because <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you're, you're sitting there and everyone's like, it's such like a, a communal thing. And there's like, mm-hmm. everyone's in this zone. Definitely. And then it's like an hour later and you're like, yo, what was that great melody we had? And everyone's like, I have no It's beyond no forever. Clue. It's in the void. <laughs> and everyone's singing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that this was it. And we're like, that, that was not it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And then everyone's like, well, it must not have been that good because we can't remember it. And I'm like, I think it was. I think we just, <laughs> I think I just forgot about it. I've been doing this for hours. Yeah, exactly. But I, so I think, I think that's a big one. I think the other, there's, when I, the first like session I did, with, which was actually, or no, that was like, the second actually writing session I did was, was the one I got If I Were You Out Of. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we we sat and talked for like two hours before mm. writing the song. And so I think I started every writing session I'm doing being like walking in the room being like, okay, what's going on in everyone's lives? Like, mm-hmm. like what what can we write about that's, that's actually going to come from a place that we can like, you know, like dig out and explore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually yeah. like a story Rather there. Rather than just like pulling something yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I think it just leads to more personal and, and better songs because mm-hmm. you can actually have like a personal place to pull them from, you know? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Kind of like setting the tone of the session and yeah. everyone's like on the same page and you've talked through things for a while. Yeah. It just makes things easier. I feel like, because sometimes people will be like, oh, we can just make up a story or we can do that, which which works, but then people never, I find like never really make up a story because you're always coming from something in your own head and then they're like, oh, yeah. I'm just making it up. But I'm like, you're not. And you also have an idea about what we're going to write about that you're not sharing because it's made up, but really it's real and it's Deep in there, exactly. I want to know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. That's totally true. So you are going to Clive, right? Are you going? Did you end up going this year or defer? So I ended up deferring, which okay. So lucky that they let me do it. Right. We've talked to like some other people from Clive. We've had like Imogen from NYU Songwriting Workshop and from Clive on this podcast. So like, would you talk about why? you picked, like, a music school and kind of what you're, like, hoping to get from that experience? Or, like, how'd you end up picking that? Yeah, so I grew up, um, like, super academically focused. Mm. And so my brother and my sister both went to Ivy Leagues. Um, Damn. Like, academics was, like, were a huge part of our, our like, family. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I didn't, wasn't, like, 100% positive I was going to go to music school until, like, my junior year. And then I was like, okay, I can't really see myself doing anything else. Right. <laughs> um, and so... It was, I, I mean, I, I applied to a bunch of, I applied to a few academic schools mm-hmm. just to like, you know, make sure that I had options. Right. Just for them right, to right. Be there. Exactly. Um, I mean, not that I got into any of them, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it ended up being great because uh, the N- NYU, I applied to NYU, like USC, a few like schools mm-hmm. that had really good music programs, right. but also really good like mm-hmm. liberal arts programs. So I was going to be surrounded by students that were like doing law and business and, mm-hmm. and other stuff like that. And then I ended up doing a bunch of writing sessions out in L.A. like while I was doing college applications, mm. which was great because I got to be like, hey, I'm thinking about going to Clive. And the guy I was writing with was like, oh, sh- I went there or like, oh, that's yeah. a great program or oh, I know people that went there. Um, and so they there were definitely a bunch of people that, that pushed. And then Jake, the guy I was telling you about, um, actually graduated from NYU and was like, I mean, Emily Warren came out of Clive. Like there's a bunch I know, of people I that love came out her. of that program. After I found out Maggie Rogers went there, I looked up who went there, and I saw Emily Warren, and I was like, "Ugh, what a dream!" Let me go there. What I, I forget what, what what grade are you guys in? Are you are you? Well, Anik Anik's twenty two. Yeah, I'm about to graduate. Oh my goodness, I forgot about that. And uh, yeah, I just looked. <laughs> and I'm a senior in high school. That's great. That's awesome. So I mean, yeah, are you thinking about going to music school? Is that like what you want to do? I'm like thinking about it, but it's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I want to go to, I just want to be in New York because I mean, Anik's going to come to New York and like, I mean, Rachel's in New York, kind of like the whole, and the whole NYU songwriting workshop squad actually is going to be in New York. Yeah, come to New York. We're about to have a a music Yeah, that's the plan. In Brooklyn? (laughs) That's a great idea. Our own, I I, I love it. Our own made up sorority of songwriters. That is the plan. (laughs) Brooklyn centered. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So you just released If I Were You. So what do we have to expect for you as far as new music coming out in the next year or so? Yeah, so um, this is like the, 
I have three songs coming out before things. Two more songs coming out before Thanksgiving. Damn, hey. before um, Thanksgiving, that's really soon. The, yeah, yeah, I got some stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the on the twenty eighth, I'm releasing another song called "Sleeping with You," which is about dreaming about somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's it's kind of it's the most like like intimate song I've ever written. I don't know. You'll you'll hear it when it comes out, but it's it's kind of wild. And then I have one more song coming out right before Thanksgiving that's going to be called Heartbeat. Oh, cool. Well, hyped for that. So, yeah. You. Yeah, I'm super excited. We wanted to ask about social media because I feel like you have a pretty active social media presence. And you're on TikTok, which we did an episode about TikTok last week because it almost got... Yeah, I yeah. heard it. <laughs> We talked about everything because I just feel like... I don't know. It just kind of fascinates me. So, like, will you talk about, like, the role of social media in your, like, career and building a fan base, how you think of that? Uh, yeah. So, it's kind of funny. I'm I'm hor- horrendous at at posting consistently, <laughs> which is, like, what everyone is like. You should, as long as you post consistently, you'll you'll grow a fan base. Like, right. That's what everyone's told me. I know. It's really hard. I have nothing to but post. But I get, like... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then I get nervous. I'm like, I, like I don't know if it, like this posted well, so I don't know if I can post something that's that's worse than that after it. And like, <laughs> um, but, Damn, but TikTok, I, I love TikTok. I'll talk about TikTok for okay. hours and hours. TikTok is Let's the best. Um, I so I started on TikTok like the same time I I kind of like th- this time last year, and there's mm-hmm. like a specific thing that I found that TikTok wants, mm-hmm. and it's like something that people can interact with, like. Because getting the algorithm in the way that I've seen it works in like d- interactions. Like if people comment on your post, it boosts it in the algorithm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so getting a post that people can like, like that everyone that watches it can sh- like either write a short comment or like it mm-hmm. or share it mm-hmm. is is huge. Um, and so like a year ago, I posted a video that was like just this st- stupid song I wrote. Um, it was like a, it was like about a high school cheerleader, and I was <laughs> and I it was to- total totally fake. But um, uh-huh. I captioned. I was like, I was like, um, there's this girl at my school. Get this on her for you page no. so she can see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it blew up, and it was like, you know, a hundred thousand views, which was so you knew the a system. ton from at the time. Yeah, he cracked, cracked the code. Exactly. I beat That's it. That's so funny. You made up a story. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that was kind of where it started. And then I had a bunch of videos do well after that. And I just posted um, sleeping with you, a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys are on TikTok a lot, but everyone right now, I try not all, to a bunch be, of songwriters. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's all of us. Sasha's a frog. No, stop! Like, I'm not on TikTok, <laughs> and then she's always on TikTok. I got rid of the app for a while, but I put it back like yesterday. For no reason. Just purely for my soul. Just get the entertainment. Yeah, I had that's I, what you felt like you had to do at the moment. Yeah, I had to put like a time limit on mine. You know how Apple can put time limits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do that yeah, too. Just to make sure I wasn't the time limit thing. It does. I just because I you just, can just click out of it. Ignore. It's <laughs> a good point. My brother put one on and made me because you can put one with like a passcode. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he made me set the passcode so he didn't know it, and then he would have to come ask me for more TikTok time. He's like twenty three. <laughs> Wait, um, do you just I, listen? I feel like I really relate. Do you just to listen that. to your to the timer? You're just like, okay, I'm done now. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to lie. <laughs> so no, I mean it depends. Somet- <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'm lie. like, okay, I should get up. Uh huh. But like. A lot of the time, I'm like, well, I mean, 15 more minutes isn't gonna kill me. No, but right? it's a void. Three hours I later. Know. Yeah, the worst part is th- is the button that's like, ignore for the day is r- it's so close to the one that's ignore for 15 I minutes. I know it's just like slip of a finger and suddenly exactly. it's, it's a just new not world. Happening as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 15 more minutes, and then it's 3 a.m. and I'm like, gotta be up in three really hours. Tragic. 
So we met you at NYU at the songwriting program last year. Yeah. Was it already last year? Crazy. Yeah. Over a year ago. And it was really, really centered around co-writing. So what was your kind of your stance on co-writing before you went into the program versus how you left? And do you approach it any differently now? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I, I was to- I totally changed my my, <laughs> my thought on co-writing because I like mm-hmm. didn't do co-writing before. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done like a little bit of it, but but nothing to the extent that I, I do now. Um, and so I, I did that and I came back and I was like, oh, I like co-writes. Like I'm getting stuff done now. Mm-hmm. It, it allows for you to have this whole like different you can bounce. I, I don't know. It just made things faster. Yeah, I thought real. better. Yeah. Um, and so I came back and I was like, let me just do as many co-writes as I possibly can. So I was calling up all my friends, like just random people. I was like, yeah, you have a story? Yeah, Let's yeah. write a song about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then, of course, now um, people like Jake are putting me in writing sessions. So I'm meeting a bunch of different like producers and, and uh, songwriters just across the, across the, the, the United States. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, mm-hmm. I think I do now 98% co-writes and maybe 2% songwriting by myself, mm-hmm. which That's probably awesome. isn't probably isn't the best thing. But um, Do you like writing by yourself, though, or do you just prefer co-writing? Overall. I feel like it's it's like a mood I have to be in. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like if I'm like super like like I don't know what's like if I'm super if it's like something that just happened to me and I like need to get it out I'll sit down and write about it. Yeah. But most of the time mm-hmm. I like write a hook and then bring that hook into the next co-write I have so it's like I didn't really write you know what I mean it's see because when you were yeah. like before co-writing you just write a hook and then not finish it I feel like co-writing solves the problem of not finishing songs. One, because it's like Completely it's a agree. group project, so like you have like a deadline or like a goal or something. You're like, this has to happen, and everyone else yeah. is helping you. That happens to me so much. Like last night, I was trying to write by myself, and I just ended up with like five different like stanzas of different songs that didn't go together. And I was like, okay, <laughs> word. <laughs> but you'll like Sasha be like, do you have any second verse ideas? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll um start it when I get home from work. And she's like, I finished this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, and you get in the headspace, then you're in the headspace. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You just, like, bang it yeah. out. But sometimes co-writing is really necessary. Well, that's all our questions. Thanks for being on the pod. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great, guys. Go, I think go, we started go. at the exact same time. I just go, yelled into go, it. Go, oh, my God. Go, go. Okay, song of the... <laughs> Who's next? Song of the week and woman of the week. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my song of the week is... I feel like you can probably guess this one. It's Hallucinogenics by Matt Mason. Because oh, yes. <laughs> I've been singing it this whole time we've been on Zoom. And I heard that song really recently through you, through the through the song game is what Anik calls it when you just listen to something on Spotify. Shelby, it's a made-up sh- game, Shelby Made Up. Shelby Made Up. And you listen to something on Spotify and then you go around in a circle and the next person plays something that that song reminded them of and you, it's just a good way to find new music. But... Hallucinogenics, I like for a lot of reasons, but one thing that I think is interesting about it is you know when you have like a song that Mm -hmm. you wrote on guitar and it's an acoustic song, or that's how it started, and you're like, and it's so beautiful acoustically, and you're like, I don't know how I could produce this to make it better, or like Mm -hmm. how it could be different. And I feel like Hallucinogenics shows that and like walks that line because parts of the song are just guitar, and they're acoustic, and then like yeah. it like will build up really, really suddenly and have all this production. Yeah. And I just think it's really cool that obviously like it's a cohesive song and that was on purpose, mm-hmm. but it shows you like the two ways this song could have been. Mm-hmm. And like 
I'm like, oh, I would totally listen to like a completely acoustic version of this. But it's also and I would listen exists. to, yeah, I like that version. But I also like like the more built up version. Yeah, and I just think it's it's showing in a song probably like like accidentally showing like the different ways songs can be formed and presented to have slightly different like actually not slightly like majorly different emotions even though it's the same song mm-hmm. but yeah i love how you can really just feel that and kind of ride that wave as it goes yeah. from like acoustic to building it's such like, a wave that yeah song. the yeah. um the bridge going like building into that, that like last chorus i love mm-hmm. that yeah so that's my song of the week great song great choice matt mason please come on this podcast yeah for real hi dude you guys maybe um comment on his pictures or something i don't know <laughs> all righty <laughs> my song of the week this week i hope i didn't do this one before but i've been listening to it non-stop i feel like i might have and if i did i'll just pick something else okay but my song of the week is house with no mirrors no i don't i think we've talked about it because talking about sasha slow but i don't think either of us has done it yeah so i actually discovered that song through you you're the one that recommended it to me and i've been listening to it non-stop it's just such a well written song yeah and the way that she presents such like a like heavy brutal yeah (laughs) and it's kind of like broad too because it's like all these things that play into like Mm -hmm. insecurities so it's like a very specific thing but there's so many like it's an umbrella with all these different things underneath it yeah and that's a really good metaphor i like that metaphor (laughs) wow um so yeah i I've been listening to that song nonstop recently, and it's just beautifully written, and Sasha Sloan is a queen. And, yeah, I definitely think you guys should check it out. It might make you want to cry. That's so funny. We, like, swapped songs. Like, I did one that you showed me, and you did one that I showed you. (laughs) Yeah, that song is... I feel like that song made me think about that. Like, usually I can find consolation in a song for thoughts or feelings that I've already had. But mm-hmm. that song made me think about, like, body image and, like, beauty standards differently. Like, yeah. it actually changed the way I think about it, which is so crazy. Like, when she talks about, like, I'd be I'd be cooler, I'd be smarter, probably be a better daughter. Like, those mm-hmm. lyrics, she's like, I would be a better person if this weight wasn't, like, on me and I wasn't, like, thinking about this all the time. Which is so interesting. Yeah, great one. Yeah. Um, my woman of the week is Fletcher. Oh. Um... Because, as a lot of you guys probably know, Fletcher put out an EP album. What is it? Oh, it's the Sex Tapes EP. Yeah. Which, I mean, she, she where's the lie? She did not tell a lie with that Can't title. Find it. I mean, like, I, there's, there's a debate, right? I don't know if the debate is just within me or within everyone, like, whether kind of this EP and the, and the videos that came along with it are, like, absolutely unhinged or, like, really iconic on brand yeah and i think i think it is somewhere in between i think it's it's both and it's universes colliding and it's <laughs> fletcher being out of pocket and also an absolute queen and that's kind of why we love her fletcher put definitely pushes the envelope with with some of these things and um yeah i kind of think it's cool that i don't know if i would describe her music as dark pop but I feel like mm-hmm. because of her persona, it comes across that way. Like, my favorite song from the EP is Sex With My Ex. Mm-hmm. And 
that one like the production is just so so smooth sounding and kind of like mm-hmm. it's not there's not a lot going on so there's it's not like it's full in that sense but the sounds just like have re- have really soft edges and mm-hmm. i feel like the the mixing of her voice they did the same thing so it really really blends together and just sonically that song like is so nice to listen to and, like that's why i listen to because i'm just like ooh, like it's just like it's so smooth and um yeah fletcher is really cool i mean people probably know about her but she's kind of up and coming but she's also kind of already up right yeah well i mean i didn't hear about her until last year because imogen's actually the person who told me about fletcher mm-hmm. because we were talking about maggie rogers and she's like oh well, fletcher went to clive she's also. from clive yeah She's like, oh, this girl also went to Clive. Like, you should check her out. I really like her. And then that's when I started listening to Fletcher. Yeah. So that's my woman of the week. So, yeah. Great choice. My woman of the week this week is Renee Elise Goldsberry. Oh, cool. And, yeah. I mean, it's a little different because she does do, like, musical theater. But I was Mm -hmm. watching her in Hamilton yesterday because I rewatched it for, like, the 10th time. Mm -hmm. And it's just every single time I see her perform, I get chills. She is extraordinary. Like, she's so good. Yeah. I'm like, you're really just always raising the bar. She is. She is the Michelle Obama quote. The Michelle Obama. <laughs> if I could send her that video snippet. Like, she just is so just amazing. I don't even know how else to describe it. I Every time I see Hamilton and I watch her, especially in Satisfied, yeah. I get chills every single time. And I'm like, how are you that amazing? Like, how are you that good of a performer? She so, is so crazy i'm so glad performing is hard like oh yeah dude (laughs) it's hard enough to be like sitting down and like just not even moving but i'm like you're doing all this movement you're hitting all these notes you're in character Mm -hmm. and just so yeah i just wanted to shine a light on her because she's just simply out of this world i love that you picked someone in musical theater i haven't thought of doing that yet wow look at you pushing the envelope i try i try wow i love that okay hope you guys love that little nyu reunion we love you next week nyu reunions okay we do bye even in the dark i see your face